This is episode 66 of The Popcast. Welcome to The Popcast, a weekly podcast all about pop culture in three regular segments. We're your hosts, Josh and Maureen Goldman. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back, Maureen. How are you? Welcome back. Welcome back. Honey, welcome back. Mainly to me, because I wasn't here last week. You weren't here last week. I'm sure our listeners are happy to have you back. How are you doing? I am great. Happy to be here. So Maureen, in the interim, between the time you were last here and now, I've gotten yet more people to reach out to me. About saltine? To talk about saltine. So there is more saltine love. You know what? I'm beginning to think that people who love saltines are not in the minority. In fact, I mean, there's nothing wrong with saltines, but like, it's not something that you're like, oh, I just really need some like saltines. I'm just craving saltines right now. They're like the most bland food ever. Except that a lot of people apparently crave saltines because they're amazing. So what I want to say is saltine lovers unite. We are the new normal. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) Okay. To be completely honest with you and our listeners, this past week at work has been extremely busy for me, and so I didn't have a lot of time to consume pop culture. So while I did read a lot of stories, they sort of went in one ear and out the other, but I did pick up on one story that I want to talk about in our snack bag this week. Let's hear it. Lady Gaga is currently in a residency in Las Vegas. She does shows every night. She has two different kinds of shows. One is the performance of all of her biggest hits. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, except that... During one of her shows recently, she was dancing with a fan. I don't understand that. And she and the fan fell off the stage. I showed Maureen the video. Maureen, what was your reaction? This person, by the way, who was filming it was like right next to them. They had the perfect angle. Yeah. um, It was unfortunate. It basically was like one of those like larger than life moments where Gaga was like riding this fan weirdly. It was weird. But like, it's like, oh, it's all part of the performance and oh, she's so risque and like, and then she fell off the stage and it was like, nope, she's human, instantly human, like instantly the mystique is gone and like, you're like, oh my gosh, are you okay? Like she, you're like worried about her because she like. Apparently she had an x-ray of her whole body done. I didn't know that was possible. Well, I watched her documentary and she has had a lot of like chronic pain and like stuff like that. So she probably was very worried. What's interesting is that she got up and finished the rest of her show, did all of her dancing and all of her dance moves. All of the singing, so I guess she wasn't that hurt. Well, what did the x-ray say? I don't know. I didn't see the results. Oh. So anyway, I'm going to link to the video in the show notes. You should check it out. It's it's funny because no one got hurt, but it, you have to watch it. I watched this thing from like four different angles of people in the audience filming it, and you can tell that the guy she's dancing with, he's the one who like steps on the edge of the stage yeah. and loses his balance and steps off, and then they catapult off the stage together and down went lady gaga okay maureen should we move on to our premier topic sorry to everybody i don't have any more snack bag topics this week maybe you were allowed to work hard you good good job josh maybe next week we will be back with more snack bag topics but this week we're going to try something new in our premier topic we're kicking off a new mini series on the popped cast that we will do from time to time that i'm calling pilot review so maureen and i for those of you don't know are always looking for something new to watch together. And we haven't found anything in a while that we both really like. So in this mini-series that we'll do from time to time, Maureen and I will take a popular show from the past that we've never seen or seen very little of and watch the pilot. And we'll give our thoughts in a few categories and then tell you whether we'd consider keeping up the show. So up first, I was browsing Netflix recently, and I came across the fact that Cheers and Frasier... Frasier is obviously a spinoff of Cheers, for those that don't know. 
they, they were on Netflix. And I thought, well, one of these could be a good choice. So initially I suggested Frasier. Then Maureen said, why don't we do Cheers first since that came first? So that was the first one we watched. So just a little background on the show. The show ran for 11 seasons and 275 episodes on NBC and premiered in 1982. It starred Ted Danson, Shelley Long, Ray Perlman, George Went, and later Kirstie Alley, Kelsey Grammer, and Woody Harrelson. The show also starred an actor who played the role of coach in the first three seasons, but that actor, Nicholas Calasanto, passed away after the third season of filming, so they wrote him off the show. That's pretty sad. I thought he was pretty funny in the pilot, but we'll get to that in a second. And fun fact, this show was nearly canceled in its first season due to low ratings, but later on in its run became the highest rated sitcom on television. The show, as I mentioned, had an incredibly successful spinoff. That was Frasier that premiered in 1993 and ran until 2004. Ran almost concurrently with Friends. So we're talking about the heyday of NBC must-watch Thursday night comedies. So Maureen, first things first, what were your overall impressions of the pilot? I didn't like it very much. I thought it was a little stupid. I liked Ted Danson. He was the one redeeming part. Like he's very like charming in this and he's the bar owner. And I thought he, I like Ted Danson in general, although I don't like The Good Place, which is largely Ted Danson. But this is like Ted Danson, like three men and a baby kind of era. And I really like him. And he's charming. His character's charming and very normal. All of the other characters are like archetypes, kind of like, they're more like stereotypes in the first episode. Yeah. So I had a hard time with that. Like, I, I really think Ted Danson was one of the only people I found mildly redeeming. Shelley Long is the classic Rachel Green character, literally like ex-marriage and all, or like almost married and like left. <laughs> Rachel did the leaving in Friends, but... Yeah, one of the things you mentioned to me while we were watching it, or maybe just after we finished watching the the pilot, was that... This seemed to be the friends of its time. Yeah. So it was it premiered in the early 80s. It ran right until the season before Friends premiered. So it really was sort of a table setting for Friends. Yeah. I don't know. I just there there wasn't the nice thing about Friends is that there's those six characters that you really get invested in and they stay the whole way. This has too many characters right off the bat. There's Ted Danson, Rhea Perlman, Shelley Long, the coach character, the fat Norm who just drinks a lot character. Five, I guess maybe, I don't know, it just felt like more than that. I think it was interesting because this pilot took place entirely in the bar, which was interesting. I don't know what the rest of the series does, like if they ever go outside of the bar. But Cheapest show to film ever if they never leave that bar. Well, I wonder if it was initially greenlit because it was going to be cheap because they could film in a single location. And actually, one of the things that I was noticing was that it didn't seem the most professional, you know, in terms of like the camera movements and, mm-hmm. and everything like that. So, Well, it's a pilot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it'd be interesting to watch maybe a couple more to see if the show changes at all. But even in the Friends pilot, which came, you know, 10 years after this or 12 years after this, they had multiple locations. I mean, they had their main location in Central Perk. But beyond that, they yeah. had other locations that they visited even in in the pilot. Now, sitcoms are traditionally known for having just a few locations where most of the action takes place. But I was surprised that they had a pilot episode of a TV show that took place in one location. It almost was could have been like a little stage play. Yeah, that's true. I think it was also very interesting, you know, in sitcoms, Josh mentioned there are only so many locations and you get this like 
you know, like canned music and like zoom in to let you know where they are. Like in Friends, it's like, and like you share their apartment or like Central Park window. And then like you go into the scene. So this was only in one spot and they kept zooming in on like the most jank looking window of all time. The bar is like in a basement in Boston. And so they kept like zooming in like through a wrought iron railing, like this picture of like the window into the bar. I've never seen anything like it. It is so awful looking. It was bad. They they could have done entirely without that. They could have zoomed in on like the logo of the bar. Yeah, they did. They, it was like they were zooming into the bar, but they just kept getting blurrier <laughs> and blurrier really to this. Window. Yeah, it, it was not great. All right, so Maureen, you already mentioned what you thought was was the good of the show, but I, I would also echo. I think Ted Danson was pretty great yeah. in this in this, and I also think that the theme music is also pretty great. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Knows your name. Yeah, I mean that's a classic. I think that's another thing we could point out that we like. But it's like only from a this. classic because of the show. Yeah, that's fair. But it's still a classic, so I think it counts. Yeah. I will also say that I wasn't as bothered by the characters, the caricatures of the other actors and and performers in the show. I, I thought that a lot of them were were fun, and I can see them expanding. I think that. Without having seen any of the rest of the show, I think that you can see that the Ted Danson and Shelley Long character are probably going to have an on and off again relationship, yeah. which is fun. I actually thought the character of Coach was funny. Uh, Maureen clearly did not. I did not. think he was that funny. He was bumbling. Yeah, I thought that was funny. I thought that was, it's sort of like he's an older guy and I thought that he had some some really funny lines. Like at one point, Shelley Long's character asked where the bathroom is and he said, it's right next to my bedroom. And I she just says, thought, where's your bathroom? Oh, where's your bathroom? He says, right next to my bedroom. See, I didn't even set the joke up right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not funny when I say it. But I thought that was funny. I thought that was a clever sort of like different ty- kind of a character that I'm used to seeing. Like yeah. he's the dumb character, but he also has like funny, witty responses instead of just playing dumb. I Here's my thing. I want to know. So like in Friends, Rachel is like, the, you know, the ditzy whatever, but she didn't bother me the same way that Shelley Long's character bothered me in this. But I wonder if that's because you have seen all of Friends at this point and you have a lot of reference points for when Rachel is not that way. No, but Just I, think about from just, I mean, yeah. it's impossible to think about the pilot in in a way once you've seen the rest of them. Because you can go back and watch the pilot and be like, eh, that wasn't that good, but I love the rest of the show. Or that was but great. But naivete is less predictable almost. And maybe it is just the pilot. But it was like you knew what was coming. The dialogue was setting you up for knowing like the silly thing Shelley Long would have forgotten or like the, I don't know. I, it just was too predictable for me. Yeah, there was a little bit of of sort of like on the nose-ness yeah. in this pilot episode of Cheers. I do think that it could be better like once they expand the characters a little bit more. I mean, obviously they had to have more storylines to go for 275 episodes, but I wasn't as bothered by sort of the one noteness of the characters in the pilot because that's kind of what you come to expect. And I actually did. I was surprised that the character that Ted Danson plays, Sam, had several levels of depth to him, even in the pilot episode. You learn that he was a pitcher for the Red Sox and that he had a drinking problem and that he bought this bar and now he's sober. And I just felt like he was a pretty well-drawn yeah, but no one character. one else had that. Yeah, but it's the pilot. 
I, yeah. I think that's the hard thing about pilot episodes, especially with sitcoms. And and later on in this little mini series we do from time to time, we might explore a drama pilot, but they have to do so much in such a short amount of time. This The runtime of this episode was 24 minutes. So they have to introduce the characters and get you interested in a way to want to come back for future episodes. I'm not sure that this one did it for us. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But, you know, obviously it worked here because 11 seasons later, they were, you know, one of the highest rated and most loved yeah, sitcoms of all must time. Have changed in the middle of season one if their ratings were really low at first. Yeah, that's true. I was trying to think of other shows that had a, a hard first season. And I think back to The Office had a had a rough first season where they kind of copied what the British office had done and same with Parks and Rec the first episode the the first season which was only six episodes is really rather poor like just like you just don't like Brandanowitz yeah it's not just him and he actually last Maureen's referencing a character from Parks and Recreation who is in the first two seasons I think of that show yeah I don't like him as a character but what I did read about that which was interesting it's a little tangent about Parks and Rec is that the part of the problem was that when they initially started that show, that people felt like the character of Leslie Nope, played by Amy Poehler, was too unlikable. So instead of changing her as a character for the second season, what they did was change how everybody else reacted to her. So instead of everybody else reacting like she was crazy and sort of not and sort of out of it, they had everybody respect her. And that changed the entire dynamic of the show because then you had this lead that was less like Michael Scott from The Office, who mm-hmm. everybody thought was this dope who was leading them, and instead was this person who worked really hard, who cared so much about their job, and that changed the entire dynamic of the show. So with regards to Cheers, I'm sure that they were able to make those adjustments as the first season continued on and as they were renewed for their second through 11th season. All right, Maureen, let's talk a little bit about the bad I think you mentioned a little bit about that you didn't like the other characters. Anything else that you would point out as, oh, and you also pointed the out the, the, the window. The window yeah. is my window top zoom. awful thing. Um, Ted Danson's chest hair, that's probably a negative <laughs> for me. It was a lot of it. It was like all the way up to his neck. It really I was. I feel like they gave him some like chest hair plugs to like make that more of a thing. It was a little weird. No, I just think that like some of the jokes were just too predictable the characters being like caricatures, like stereotypes. There's just no one else had depth beyond Ted Danson. So it'll be interesting if we continue watching this to see what they do there. What did you think like overall? Was it more positive or negative for you? I was actually surprised. I I went in thinking I'm not going to like this that much, but I actually laughed more than I have at some current shows that I do enjoy. And I don't know, it, for me... And I guess we'll, we'll sort of just blend into the rest of the questions that I have here, but which are, does it hold up now in 2019 and would we keep watching? But, you know, I think it does hold up. I think that, as Maureen said, and I agree with her, some of the jokes just fall flat. They're just not that funny. But I think part of the problem is that, you know, I think about the show and I'm like, I don't know if I could dedicate 274 more half hours to watching the show. Right. It just seems like an insurmountable amount of TV to watch for something that I didn't love. Yeah, I guess so, but I've already seen all of Friends. Mm. And I don't know if I'd watch the pilot of Friends if I would think, like, I'm really excited to dive deep into this show. Perhaps it just feels like something that feels more of a burden than something that would be that exciting. But I I think that that's a ding against this pilot because I'm thinking of all of the shows where we've watched the pilots and wanted to keep going. 
And this isn't necessarily one of them. Yeah, that's true. There's been plenty of modern ones for me that we've watched the pilot and I'm like, nope, you can keep watching this without me. Like, I'm including, just not interested. Including Whiskey Cavalier, which was my teaser last year oh at, at one point and gosh. I didn't even continue watching it. Yeah. I think you're right. It, it does. It's a testament to like, the quality of the pilot. Yeah. I feel like that's unfortunate though because- And how you relate to it. I mean like- Dawson's Creek like I watched one episode and I was like I have to have all of this was before streaming I had to have the DVDs you know like even Friends like I didn't ever watch that live I watched it in college my roommate had the DVDs and so it was the same thing but like you watch one and you're not like oh this feels like a burden like I don't I don't really want to get through this you're like excited to watch the next one so I wonder if it has to do with a couple things one it might have to do with sort of what phase of life you're in what what state of mind you're in resonating with you right so if you're at a time where you just need something easy to watch that you just want to have on maybe something like cheers could be good because you kind of know what you're getting it's it's going to feel very comfortable after a while whereas if you're not in that mindset and you don't have a lot of time this isn't something you feel like you want to dedicate yourself to you know what i think this means we have to watch the west wing pilot again because so many people had recommended that to us and when we watched it a few years ago and we maybe watched one or two more episodes, but we just weren't into it. I can't it. even remember what happened in the pilot. So I mean, White that, House that, things, paper signing. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a walking and talking. Yeah, they do that a lot in the West Wing. Yeah, and the other thing that I was going to say is that it might have to do with drama versus comedy, because with a sitcom, you kind of know what you're getting every episode. I think Maureen mentioned this when I said maybe we should watch Fraser. She said, "I think I've seen a couple here and there," and I said did you remember seeing the pilot? And she said, I don't know if I ever saw that, but it didn't matter because with sitcoms, you can usually jump in at any point and sort of understand with a drama pilot, you might be more interested to find out what happens with the characters because they're going to explore them in depth. The idea of a sitcom is that characters will advance, but then they'll come back to sort of their main point. And that tends to happen in most sitcoms. Interesting. Like they go back to neutral. Right, because they they advance and then what's interesting is watching them fail again and then start over to try to better themselves. What a hamster wheel. Yeah. Poor little sitcom characters. If you think about sitcom characters, I mean, think about any sitcoms you watch, either modern or past, most of them don't ever progress from where they are. They don't have a lot of character growth. I mean, that's not true in every sitcom, but it's true in most of them. Yeah. So last question here, Maureen, would you keep watching based on the pilot? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I'm really not sold on it. I'm not sold either. I might give it one or two more yeah. just to see because I'm, I've am i always said you probably can't judge most things by their pilot, although that's exactly what we're doing here in this, and in what this executives part do. of the podcast. Yeah, that's true. They, they get one episode and then they decide whether it's going to be successful or not. I, I think just based on the pedigree of the show, I think I could give it a couple more, but you know, based on the pilot alone, eh, I'm kind of I'm not feeling it. Yeah. I We haven't talked about one thing in the pilot that just was abominable. Oh, yeah. Please. Sumter. Oh. Was that his name? Sumner. Sumner. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. The fiance character, the like stodgy professor who like goes back to his ex-wife who you never meet. And like, Actually, she what's just... interesting, the Friends pilot kind of mirrors that a little bit, just the reverse. So yeah. Rachel leaves the sort of stodgy, stuck-up guy in the Friends pilot. And then in this one, it's the other way around. The stuck-up professor guy, Sumner, leaves the fiance, Diane. I think the reason I don't like Diane as much is because in Friends, Rachel's the one who chooses to leave. She's setting off and like forming her own life and like wants to like have control of her own life. And in this one, Diane is just a hundred percent victim. Like she's just 
left. Well, I wonder if that's just a, a sign of the times, like Maybe. early 80s. And then 12 years later, there was a difference in how people viewed women and their sort of autonomy to, to do things on their own. I, I don't know. That's a good point, though. Yeah. All right, Maureen, let's move on to our teasers. I'll kick it off this week. My teaser is something pretty small, and it's not exactly pop culture, but it was something I read this past week that really resonated with me. There is, for those of you who don't know, and a lot of you who listen to this do know me, but one of my favorite things is the Washington Nationals baseball team. And for those of you who don't know or living under a rock, they are in the World Series for the first time in their history. But one of the things that I really like about this is that they have a lot of people on the team that I really connect with. And one of the players on the team that they acquired at the trade deadline is a guy named Daniel Hudson, who is a relief pitcher. And at the beginning of the last round of the playoffs, his wife was due to give birth to their third child. And he left to go be with her and make sure he was there for the birth of his third daughter. And he was sort of skewered all across social media and by a lot of people for going and leaving his team when they needed him to pitch. And and so what I found really interesting was that this ESPN writer and and personality named Jeff Passan wrote a great article about sort of his, this guy, Daniel Hudson's whirlwind 72 hours from the time he left the the Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles to fly to Arizona where his wife was giving birth and then flying to St. Louis where they were due to play their next game. And the whole article is just really good because it has some quotes from from Daniel Hudson's teammates on the Nationals who basically say, you know what, if you're not anything but congratulatory to someone who's having a baby, you're a terrible person. Yeah, I fully agree. And I just thought that the article was great because a lot of the times in our society, we talk about how women should be there for their families and for their children and and how men, you know, we sort of look down upon them when they choose to, to be there with their families. And I just think that this is a really great example in our modern times of someone who's at the top of their of top of their profession, who's choosing to step away and rightfully so to be with his family and sort of owning that. And and the fact that he got support from his teammates and the organization for him to go do that, even if they were in the playoffs, because as the manager of the Washington Nationals said, family comes first. That's awesome. Yeah. So that is my teaser for this week. I will link the article. It's well worth a read and uh, we'll put it in the show notes. Maureen, do you have a teaser this week? Yeah, my teaser is an oldie but a goodie. Uh, I am rewatching Eat, Pray, Love, which is streaming on Netflix. Oh. Um, I've seen it before. I've read the book. But this is just a reminder that it's great content. And so if you're looking for like a feel-good film or like something to put on while you're like making pumpkin spice everything or, you know, cleaning the house, um, Julia Roberts, I think, gives a tremendous performance. And you know, you have the movie version, but there's also the book, which I found really transformative by Liz Gilbert. So if you're living under a rock and have never heard about this, or if you just never read it or watched it when it came out, it's something to check out. I think it's really meaningful content. Now I can just picture some of our listeners emerging from a rock and being like, I've missed so much. <laughs> you pray love the nationals. How exciting. <laughs> 
All right, that'll do it for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a new episode, and we'll talk to you then. You can leave us feedback, comments, or questions on each episode by going to vernacularpodcast.com slash poppedcast. We would love to hear from you. You can also reach us by emailing thepoppedcast at vernacularpodcast.com. Please also subscribe, rate, and review our show on your podcast app of choice so you don't miss an episode. We'll be back next week, as always, sitting cross-legged on our bedroom floor with a brand new episode. Bye, everybody. Bye. Honey, before we wrap up, I have to tell you that tonight when I was like, hey, what's the podcast going to be about? Because as you guys all know, Josh does all the hard work to keep this show going and produce it and content and he's amazing and I was like okay what are we going to talk about and he was like a new mini series called pilot reviews and I was like interesting okay so are we like going to be watching a mini series tonight and like what could pilot reviews be about and I was thinking that it was like airplane pilots like I was thinking Josh was talking about a mini series like on Netflix or on a network that we were going to talk about Despite the fact that Maureen was the one who a couple episodes ago when we talked about Lost gave the definition of a pilot for our listeners. Yeah, I don't know. I was very confused. But then I was picturing some kind of like weird mini series about like airplane pilots and they have to have like reviews in order to get like approved into the air and like some kind of like drama. So pilot reviews, very <laughs> dramatic in my mind.